and welcome to the Voluntary Firefighter Podcast. We yeah, we're uh, going. Uh, my name is Ash, and I am joined with uh, one guy. I got Scott. Hey. <laughs> hey there. <laughs> uh, tonight, we are super stoked to bring on uh, Doug R. Brown, uh, author of A Firefighter Christmas Carol and Other Stories. Uh, Doug's going to pop on, tell us a little bit about himself, tell us about uh, his career, um, and uh, what made him uh, write this book, what uh, some of his life experiences are uh, that uh, drove him to writing the book here. So uh, with that, we're going to dive straight into the interview. All right, guys, so without any further ado, we've got uh, Doug. So Doug, Doug Brown, uh, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're uh, happy to have a chance to uh, finally sit sit down and have a chat. We've uh, we actually uh, we've had your book for a bit now. We've uh, passed passed it around through all the members. Uh, Todd's sad that he can't can't be here. He actually caught a shift and he's on car tonight. So it's just uh, Scott and myself. But we have had a chance to read it, and uh, you know, like like I was saying prior, it's uh, it is it, it is quite the book. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, really well, you know, really well uh, written. It definitely kept uh, it uh, kept me uh, captivated the entire read. Um, definitely wasn't what uh, you know what maybe the average person would expect opening up a book and reading anything about uh, a firefighter's Christmas Carol. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, what you know, what a story to be told. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, um, and then a little bit about the book, and then as we go on, you can kind of tell us the what's and the why's, and how this book really came came to be. Yeah, sounds good. I, uh, I joined a volunteer fire department in 1991, right after graduating high school, and I knew that was what I wanted to do for the rest of my life, was be on a fire department, and I was on the volunteer fire department for about eight years. Uh, while I was there, I got my paramedic, uh, I became a lieutenant there. Um, the only reason I left the volunteer fire department was because I then got a job in Columbus, Ohio, as a full-time um, fire job. And me and my wife, we, we ended up moving a little farther away, and we weren't able to. I wasn't able to stay on the fire department, on the volunteer fire department. Mm-hmm. But I did. I did eight years there, and uh, I loved it. And uh, I got a lot of my experience and uh, a lot of my good times and good memories from being on the volunteer fire department. Uh, and then I went to Columbus in 1999 and I was on Columbus and I'm still on Columbus, but I became a lieutenant in 2011 and I'm currently a lieutenant and I'm now assigned to a ladder company on the South side of Columbus, Ohio. Nice. And so that's that's kind of how I got into the fire department, starting with uh, the volunteers, and then end up getting a full time job with the city of Columbus, and and that's where I plan on doing the rest of my career. Beautiful. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Yeah, it's great. So it's it's really cool to hear, um, you know, sort of that uh, combo background, you know, coming up from uh, you know. Of all the uh, volunteer aspect of it, and um, you know, learning, kind of learning and getting uh, feet wet on that side of it, and then um, you know, being being able to spin that into um, a lifelong career is really cool. I think a lot of our younger listeners are looking to take that same path. Um, 
our older listeners, maybe like Scott and myself, were uh, wishing, wishing we, wishing we would have taken that same, <laughs> same same path. But we're still, you know, super super happy to uh, be here in the uh, paid on call uh, volunteer world as well. Yeah, I think it's a it's an ideal way to uh, do it because you get a taste of it, you get to see how much you're going to like it, and of course, everybody who does it loves it. Or it seems like that, and and then you go you go on to a, a you know paid job, and and it's kind of nice to get paid for it for sure for doing it. Do you notice any uh, like I guess it's hard to put into words, but like any different uh, <laughs> vibe going from uh, um, a volunteer uh, house to a uh, a paid paid house? Yeah, I mean, there is definitely a different vibe just because everyone who's on the volunteer department, you know, they, you have to want to do that every time. Sure. You know, when you're sitting out to eat with your with your family and the tones go off, um, where I was a volunteer, we carried uh, beepers and we had lights on our vehicles. And so the beeper goes off and we're close enough to respond. We respond either to the scene or to the station. And so everyone there want to be there at that moment when you get on a, a paid department i think everybody still wants to do the job but you are going in because now you have to because now it's your job and so sometimes i think you can get a little oh you know i gotta go to work again tomorrow and, and that kind of thing but overall you know it's it's all going on emergency runs uh ems runs and fire runs and and that aspect of it i think is is pretty similar sure yeah, that's really nice to hear. It's cool to hear, um, you know, somebody that, uh, you know, has kind of come up from uh, both and, and kind of hear that difference. I, I think that's something that really ring, rings true is um, in that, vol- you know, in the uh, volunteer aspect. Uh, if if you show up, it's you made the choice. Um, you know, like I have to go to work because if I don't, well... <laughs> The bank wants my house more than I do, I guess. But, uh, you know, here, you know, even if you don't want to come in, you make the choice. You know, we we still feel like you, quote, have to, but you don't have to. It's not quite the same, right? So, yeah, it's it's definitely a a decent perspective to to kind of see the, you know, the difference from the the, uh, true, you know, uh, uh, volunteerism to uh, paid. Um, But much, much respect on both, both ends, obviously. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I have a couple guys um, that actually work at my station who are still volunteers. Uh, they live a little further away from Columbus, and, and they're volunteers, so they mm-hmm. tell me about their runs when they're off duty. For sure. Right. Yeah, that is really, really cool. <clears throat> so let's dive into um, your book. So uh, uh, it's titled A Firefighter Christmas Carol and Other Stories. And in this book that you wrote... Um, it's got a couple of uh, less chapters than like mini stories that are in it. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about the book, and uh, and and also what what drove you to write to write the book? Because <laughs> that's that's a, a big story all all in itself. Yeah. So um, in two thousand and seven, I took a run uh, emergency call of a car accident, and a little boy about the same age as my son ended up dying from this car accident um, after we worked on them. And it was pretty hard on me. I, for some reason, this run set differently than all the other times I've had terrible runs. Um, and I don't know if 
if this run was just a culmination of a lot of runs or if it was something about this run that set with me wrong. But um, as I was standing, we actually uh, flew him on a helicopter because traffic was so bad and we were on the outskirts of Columbus. So we actually called a helicopter that came and picked him up and, and took him to Children's. And I remember after the helicopter left, I was standing in the medium of the of the uh, highway Mm -hmm. and we've got trauma dressings all scattered around and there's, you know, just all of our equipment all scattered around. And I remember just looking around at everything and I just felt like something was different. Like something hit me um, different than than it had been before. And that, and that, I think that started uh, what became a maybe depression, but uh, maybe it was PTSD but it started something with me that I was having a hard time getting past. And I'm a very uh, vocal person. My wife is a nurse and I, and I talk about my issues and I think that's a good thing, but still it didn't just talking about it wasn't helping me. Mm-hmm. And I was having a really, really tough time. Uh, and so after that run, I was trying to figure out a way to uh, deal with my emotions. And I had always enjoyed writing. I wrote in high school before I kind of put it away and, jumped into the firefighting career. And so I decided to write a story just about uh, that, about that call and how it made me feel. Mm. And writing that story, actually, I think it probably wasn't as cathartic as I had hoped it would be um, because maybe I wasn't ready to delve into all the different things I had seen in my career. And I think it might have actually prolonged some of my struggles. Mm-hmm. And for a couple years, uh, I, I became that that uh, stereotypical guy sitting on the couch watching my my family do their own thing, and I didn't want to do anything. And my friends were telling me, "Hey, Doug, you're you're kind of different now. What's going on with you?" And I would tell them, "I'm fine. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm fine. I've seen all this stuff before. I've gotten through all before. I'll get through this too." And and uh, I, I I think I was in a lot of denial. And for a while there, uh, me and my wife started having started having problems uh, i didn't do what some some people have to you know start to do like drinking alcohol but i was i was disconnected from my family for a while mm-hmm. and uh, me and my wife uh, we had been married for about i'd say 15 years at that point and we started you know talking about getting a divorce and and um i remember sitting watching tv just kind of staring at the TV. And I remember my family would be eating dinner and I'd be sitting in there and maybe I'd eat on the couch or whatever. I just wasn't a part of it. And I knew that my life was kind of falling apart, but I thought I would be fine. I just kept thinking I've been fine before. Everything that's bothered me before got better. And this time it just wasn't. Uh, so I, I stopped writing about the fire department and I decided I was going to write about something completely different. I was a fan of uh, fantasy novels when I was growing up, like Lord of the Rings and that kind of thing. So I started writing some fantasy novels and that kind of gave me an escape and kind of helped me to not be dwelling on on the, the stress of the job. And I just happened to be lucky enough to get a publishing deal with a, with a medium-sized publisher for my for my fantasy novels and they ended up publishing four of my books before they went out of business in 2015 mm-hmm. uh, and and then I started uh, uh, and I just 
started writing on my own and publishing the books on my own with all the stuff I learned from being published. And I had, I had this idea at some point. I, I knew I always wanted to write a book about my experience, especially once I came out of it and started doing better and feeling better. And I knew I wanted to write a book about my experience. And I had always had this idea to try and write a different take on Charles Dickens' uh, Christmas Carol mm-hmm. uh, with Scrooge. And so uh, about three years ago, I decided to sit down and write it. Um, that came after a friend of mine on the fire department in the fall of that year before I started writing this, a friend of mine on the fire department, a pretty close friend of mine, um, actually uh, committed suicide. And I was struggling with that. And so I decided it was time to write something that I thought might be able to help other firemen and help people see other firemen, other first responders see that if they are going through something like this, they're not the only one. And I also wanted them to see that you can get through this also. And so that's, that's the, the long story of how I started writing and how I came to write um, A Firefighter Christmas Carol. Yeah, and, you know, it's, it's definitely it's one, one uh, hell of a brave thing to, to, to sit down and, and put, like, that, that kind of raw emotion and, like, you know, work off of your own life, life experiences. And something that, you know, we, we've always said here, in the past wasn't really an open form of expression that would, would kind of be as openly embraced as, as it is now. Um, you know, we definitely applaud the fact that, um, you know, living through uh, some of those excessively challenging times, and you know, like be, be, being able to discuss how um, and tell a story how, hey, this is affecting my 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 life at home. This is affecting my marriage, my uh, relationship with my 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 kids um, seeing a fellow firefighter, a brother and a true friend, um, you know, going through their own struggles and not being able to come out the other side. Um, all, all of these things is something that you don't wish on anybody to ever have to go through, but in our line of work, in, in our, in, in our circle, it's sadly all too normal. Um, and you know, again, just big, 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 uh, you know, appreciation um that you worked through what you were going through and, and then put it to a story and put it to paper um you know i i'll let you know that i was uh, reading this when i was home and i was like deadly sick like i just wasn't getting sleep i was in in my own man cold mind i was dying so <laughs> i'm like you know reading one of the uh, epi- or, uh one of the stories and like just like not overrun with emotion, but like I was just really feeling it, and I was like, "Man, this is hitting me!" Like it, it's deep. And then I got got back to work, and one of my employees, I was just telling the story, and uh, you know, I was like, "Man, like, you know, you you always think that you're okay, and like I feel like I am because we all speak about these these things, right?" And she she leans in, she's like, "You're not okay, man." I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> but like what she meant was like, none of us are okay. We just work through it and we have means of working through it. Um, but having a book like this, I feel just kind of gets you thinking more and gets you talking more. And again, that's kind of what this podcast is about for us as well is like, we don't like dive into, um, you know, trauma 
and like really focus on PTSD, but what we do fo focus on is just talking. And in turn, if it gets people talking, it's going to talk about the good stuff, it's going to talk, talk about training, and it's going to talk about the hard stuff. So, I mean, that, that, that was kind of what the book was for myself. It was a hell of a read. Um, it, was a, it, it was a hard read, but it was good. It was very, very good. And I appreciate it. It was a. Uh, it was hard when I wrote it. Like mm -hmm. it, it, it pulled up um, a lot of emotion when I was writing it. There was a few times when I was writing it. And it was. It was really flowing out. It was. It was actually a fast, one of the faster books that I've written. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember, you know, there's a couple times, especially writing the story in there about the there's a there's a car wreck in there yeah. that kind of parallels the story mm -hmm. of my life. And writing about that, I had to step away from the computer for a while. I'd have to walk away. And and um and what's really cool about the story, I couldn't have ever uh, imagined that this would happen. But um, I've sold a lot of this one. It's it's done really well for me. Um, and I've I get emails from people from all around the country and in Canada and even over in England. I get emails from people who tell me what this book means to them and. Uh, and I, I couldn't be happier about that. That's, that. that's the reason I wrote it was I was hoping to show somebody, you know, touch somebody or reach somebody. And I get a lot of emails um, over the last year. This book came out last year. And I get a lot of emails of people thanking me for writing the book, uh, uh, telling me their own stories. Um, I actually had a, a person ask if they could call me. And I, I don't typically give out my phone number but i said yes and he called me he told me all about one of the bad wrecks he had and and uh and I, I, i'm just i'm just very happy that i could have been there to talk to him and and hear his story and i love when people send me these emails and uh and give me their stories and it's just been a really a positive experience um all around for me uh, the one thing i will say about it and and I do have a disclaimer at the beginning of the story, but I think that this is a good story for a lot of people to read. But I think if somebody is struggling, actively struggling, or or struggling right now, currently struggling, it's probably not the best read for them because it is so emotional. Sure. And um, and I tell people that I've, I've been asked on uh, email or on social media, I've been asked, you know, hey, I'm really having trouble with some PTSD. Should I buy your book even, or will it be too much for me? And as much as I'd love to sell books, I, I don't want to sell them to the wrong people. I don't want somebody to have a bad experience reading it. And I've, and I've told people, maybe it's not, you know, after they tell me their story or what's going on, I'll tell them, maybe it's not right for you to read right now. Mm, sure. And and I just want I just want your listeners to know that also, that if they're actively struggling, I think that there's other avenues for them to go and get help before they would read something as emotional as uh, this particular, in particular, this first story. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, that's an amazing point to say. Um, yeah, some, you know, somebody that's, that's going through the motions, um, like in the moment, uh, that, that would be a, a real challenging thing to, to sit and read through and I'm sure would uh, bring up a lot of other you know raw raw motion that they're going through and it wouldn't potentially wouldn't wouldn't be the best for healing um, however for like their brothers and sisters in the service for them to read it you know like that might 
you know, maybe open eyes and, and help recognize what, uh, you know, what somebody who's sitting next to them is going through, even if they aren't being uh, vocal about it. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And, uh, and, and not just, um, I get a lot of uh, spouses mm-hmm. who read this and they, they tell me things like, oh, you know, when your one character, his name is Elliot in the book, your one character, Elliot, uh, was doing this or acting like this with his family. I've seen that in my husband or in my wife or whoever, whoever they've seen it in their son, you know, their son's a fireman or whatever. And they say, I, I've seen that in them. And it was good to see this, this story where it showed me that a lot of people could go through this. And these are kind of the things I need to look, look for to know if my husband or spouse uh, is struggling. And so I, I do like that aspect of it. It's not something that I expected going into it. Um, but I have seen that as a result. Nice. Um, so, uh, in addition to your the Christmas Carol part, you also did some other um, some other other stories. Um, they're not all first responder stories either, are they? No, they're um, they're. I think three of them are fire department stories, mm-hmm. and uh, they. I wrote those. I wrote those two um, as a as kind of a vehicle to get this to get this story out. And then if you, uh, when you went through it, you saw that they all interconnect in some way. Sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's, there's, Spoiler. there's five other stories and they all have to do with the supernatural ghosts, just like a Christmas Carol, mm-hmm. or they, or they have to do with, uh, some of the evil people in society. I think there's actually, there's one of the stories is a serial killer story, yeah. but they all have the same kind of, little bit on the spooky uh on the horror side of uh stories sure yeah i was actually reading it and i had to look i'm like this is the christmas book i'm reading right because <laughs> i was like is this a halloween book? yeah <laughs> yeah it's not completely christmas i i think most of the stories do take place around christmas but it's yeah. not it's hmm. not a christmas although i i wouldn't say that a christmas carol by dickens is a i mean it is a christmas story just like this one where it takes place on Christmas Eve and all that mm-hmm. stuff, but it's—I'd say it's more of a spooky story than it is a, yeah. you know, a cheery holiday feel-good oh, sure. story. <laughs> yeah, Christmas Carol. Yeah, it's not—it's not, it's not <laughs> Santa Claus and, <laughs> and a bunch of happy stuff usually in that. And any telling of that story, it's usually pretty pretty dark. Right on. <laughs> Um, with in particular, I was reading Death Alarm last night. I was I was re, uh, rereading some of the stuff. Um, I found that one interesting because because uh, I've been in a few basement fires, and you know obviously that one has a that has, you know I don't want to spoil anything, but mm-hmm. there's a couple other things going on in that. But yeah, the basement fire, the way you described it with the heat uh, coming up the uh, stairwell and the, you know in the kind of that chimney, like you said, and just the blackness of it. It's it was actually that was very interesting because normally when you read stuff, it's not written by by someone who knows what they're talking about usually mm-hmm. <laughs> right. sometimes you're getting some author who, who read about read about something that he that he learned about versus uh, you can tell you've had experience in that in that field um so that, that was pretty pretty good yeah i definitely hate basement fires are yeah. some of my mm-hmm. least favorite yeah for sure yeah definitely um i know you know we we haven't you know locally had a ton there there have been a few around here for sure um I mean, just everything about them is, um, yeah. <laughs> I'd say as far as structure, you know, structure fires go, if you're going in and then you're going down, uh, you know, it's 
one of the ones that you kind of hate to do. You you know you, you have to do. You you train the shit out of it, so you're as dialed as you can be. But um, like Scott says, when you're reading that, um, like as a firefighter, you can like you can hear, feel, and I'd say you you can see, but you can you can see what you can't see. <laughs> so you know, being being a firefighter, you know, reading this as as one and being written by by one, you definitely did a really good job of. Um, you know, kind of, I don't know what the word is, capturing that um, and getting that down on, on paper. And, you know, some of it might, might be lost on, on um, non-firefighters, non but I think with any firefighter that's reading it, they'll be picking that up. And, I mean, it's definitely genuine. You, you, you write like, you, like you've been there, which you obviously have. <laughs> Well, yeah, I appreciate that. I think authenticity when you're when you're an author is one of the most important things. Uh, when I when I wrote my fantasy novels, I had to learn how far a horse could walk without water. You know, I couldn't have horses carrying the characters, you know, three states over, right. you know, in one afternoon. So, I, so I think that you have to be authentic. And if you're going to write a book about firefighting, you've got to do a lot of research or luckily for me i've i've done it so um i think i can be authentic talking about this more so than i could about being a you know a a warrior in a king's army which right. i had to learn a lot to try and sound because you will turn off anyone who's an expert if i put anything in this book that had to do with some other field and i'm not exactly right anyone in that field that reads it they're going to be turned off <laughs> So are you uh, planning on doing any more, um, obviously you're going to probably write more, I'm guessing, but are you going to do any more um, first responder type books in the future, you feel? I, I, yes, I have I have one that I'm going to do that I think is pretty interesting. Um, I always, I always, unless it's a fantasy novel, I always put uh, something to do with the fire department in most of my novels. I have a, a werewolf book that um, I think is a fairly interesting idea. It's about a company that sells werewolves as pets. And I made the main character a uh, firefighter who gets infected on a emergency call, and she starts to go through this change where she starts to become a werewolf. And and the company selling these werewolves as pets, they can't have that, so they, you know, send people after. So I, I always use a the fire department when I can. I like to uh, I like to put that in there. I think it's kind of a unique take on things. But I do have I do have a book that I've started and it'll probably come out. I'm going to say probably at the end of 2024 because um, I'm working on something something else right now. But I have a, a book about now that I've done this career for a long time about how fast it goes, and it's actually called it's a fast ride. And I think I've got a pretty unique um, idea, and I've written some of it already of how to show how that time goes by pretty fast. How one day you, you know, you start the fire department, and the next day you're everybody celebrating at your retirement. And the closer I get to retirement, the more I, the more I think about that kind of thing. So I have a book that I'm hoping uh, does that justice, and and that's what I'm planning on putting out in another a year from uh, probably two years now. It'll probably end up coming out. Nice. Yeah, I'd be interested to have have a read on that. I'm sure it'll, I'm sure it'll be great as well. So, I, where where do you find the, your current book, like the firefighter? Actually, it's all your books. Where, mm -hmm. How how would people find them? Yeah, so you can get them anywhere that you can buy books online. Uh, 
Barnes and Noble, uh, Amazon, pretty much anywhere you get books. Uh, most of my more recent books, like Firefighter Christmas Carol, they're all on Audible also, so you can get them on Audible or through Apple, uh, pod, or not podcast, but Apple Books. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you can get them there. You can get them anywhere that you uh, download books. Um, they're pretty much everywhere. And then um, you can go to my to my website, which kind of you can subscribe to my website and then have get I have a newsletter that comes out uh, every couple months and then that keeps you informed on stuff that's coming and and there's some interesting stuff in the newsletter uh, I give away some free short stories uh, just things like that nice yeah so what we'll do when we share share this out to our listeners we'll make sure to tag um, you and your social media so everybody can head over there and fi- find you as well um, uh, yeah. So with that, is there anything else that uh, you had for us? Anything else you want to get across to our listeners? No, no, I just, I really appreciate you guys having me on, helping me spread the word about, uh, PTSD and, and, uh, maybe we can, maybe we can help somebody with this podcast. That'd be great. Yeah, hundred percent. I think if, uh, you know, writing the book, if us doing this here podcast, if uh, any of us help just a single person, you know, we've all done, done some, something good in the world. So, um, you know, we uh, really appreciate you coming on, you sharing your uh, stories. They're obviously a little bit harder to share than some, some of the ones that we tell here. Um, we're, we're usually a bit more up, uplifting and, you know, healing through, through, uh, laughter and some other humor. Um, but uh, being being able to put some of those stories to paper um, and get them out for the world to hear, you know, again, like I said earlier, it's a brave thing, and um, yeah, we really, you know, we uh, really appreciate your time. Well, I appreciate it, and I appreciate what you guys do with uh, with all the training that you guys talk about uh, on our firehouse. We do something called a, a bumper training, where sometimes we just stand on, you know, behind the behind the truck and just talk about, well, what would you do in this situation, and. And I think a lot of what you guys do on the podcast helps give people ideas of different training that they can try at their station. I, uh, it, it was actually funny. I was watching some of your TikToks, and I was <laughs> I was laughing pretty good with with the ones where you guys had to find your kid's socks. Oh, yeah. So you're doing like a right hand search pattern, or you know, I, I, I was laughing at those the other day. So um, yeah, I love all that stuff. So. Nice man, appreciate it. Yeah, we're, we are definitely just three idiots that uh, sit around and chat about our uh, week, our uh, week, uh, weekly experiences that you know come up in training and calls and whatever else. And you know, just like you say, if if we can act like this is a bumper talk or a bit of a debrief after a call or whatever, if it gets us chatting, if it gets the guys chatting, and then in turn, if it gets a listener to go and chat to one of their their uh, brothers or sisters uh that's a win for us absolutely awesome well with that we'll thank thank you again for coming on doug and um yeah i hope you have a great christmas and uh we'll be looking forward to your next book yeah well thanks for uh, having me on i hope you guys have great holidays and, and everybody in your family is safe and keep doing what you're doing awesome Perfect. thanks a lot bud thank you all right well big thanks again to uh for doug for coming on um yeah it was a really good interview yeah um yeah like you said it's uh, a little different uh the book yeah um definitely in the kind of in that horror genre mm-hmm. um which which is cool uh you know, like i said last night i was 
reviewing some of these stories because I, I we got this a while ago and we did yeah. I remember reading the Christmas Carol part, mm-hmm. and I think I read one of the other ones, and then um, for whatever, I just put it down. And then last night I uh, read the uh, the Death Alarm one. The Death Alarm, <laughs> and that yeah. was actually like, whoa, like, oh yeah, that was like a full on horror story. Yeah, <laughs> well, like a good, like not like a like it was like a good story. Like, sure, kept me kept me reading. And, very very uh, cap- captivating though. Yeah. yeah. So so yeah, it's not only you know not only the Christmas Carol story. It's, it's mm-hmm. got, a, got a few other ones in there that are, that I also are really well written. That's right. Like, and Ni Hao, um, there's a intertwined theme. Right. Right. So definitely, like, a, as I was reading a few of the stories, I actually like once you realize once what's happening, you, yeah. you can start to to yeah. kind of paint that that picture. So you're diving into the book yeah. as it's uh, you know as uh, you uh, read on further. So I was yeah. actually surprised because <laughs> I don't think you're known as much of a reader. I don't I don't read a ton yeah, like, I when I get into it because you started reading this like last week I think mm-hmm. right? and you're like hey, I'm done reading I'm like what yeah finish a book I well, know you're sick yeah so I happen time, to be like, sick wow. I was I was actually doing a course at home. And I, I could tell, I'm like, you know, my, my brain is having a hard time, like, thinking about, like, that, like, smart right. things. I'm like, I think this is a great time to just dive, dive into a, a good book. And, uh, yeah, I just kept kept on going and going and going. And right. I realized, like, after the first whatever, I'm like, oh, shit, I'm already halfway done. Right, this yeah. is great. And I, like... I uh, looked up one of the days. I think I started at lunch, and I looked up, and my kids were coming in the, in the door from school. So I'm like, "Oh, I've been going going at this for a good cu- couple hours." So, nice. yeah, yeah. And so for for me to to do that, it has to be you know decently written. So right. um, it was good enough to keep me uh, captivated. So def- definitely a, a recommendation to read. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So on, on that, we'll uh, move move on to our shoutouts, uh, Modus. Modus, uh, famed for their snagger tool. Mm-hmm. Um, they also provide door wedges, um, hydrant wrenches, um, soft entry tools and gear, uh, the pocket organizer, mm-hmm. uh, mini spanners, was uh, basically goes on and on and on. Yeah, ton, tons there. of kit. Yeah. yeah um, <clears throat> their video drops tomorrow? It was the 7th. The, the <laughs> Okay, yeah. whatever it is, a couple days, yeah. two days from now. So December seventh. Um, so yeah. hopefully, uh, hopefully that'll happen. Um, mm-hmm. that'll, that'll be uh, us talking about us. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It was, uh, I, we watched the the pre edit, uh, pre is pre edit, whatever they call it, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it looked really good. Yeah, yeah. amazing production. Um, yeah. I mean, I quickly watched all all three. So they have three that are coming out. Uh, they right. shared that over to us. Um, I'm not sure if you had a chance to no, to check yet. I shared it to you, our email there. Right. Oh. Um, yeah. So it's cool to see, and all of them are shot differently as well. So like ours has, I mean, it's us. So I I already think it's cool, but it's got such a cool vibe to it. Like right. feel man vibe. I like never say vibe. I said it like five times today. Right. It's got such a cool feel to it. <clears throat> and then the next one has a wicked feel, but it's completely different. So nice. uh, just. You know the manner that it shot in, um, kind of the direction that they were going going with it. It's just a different feel. Um, but all three of them, I believe, are are an amazing story, uh, and I can't wait for everybody to see them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you like what you see, they got a discount code five. Yeah, you get five gets five percent off. <laughs> Modus. Modus. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'll start with stop the bleed. Um, you should stop it. Uh, your your three uh, 
methods of bleeding control are going to be direct pressure uh, wound packing and then tourniquet application. Um, we, uh, less me, more Scott and Todd, um, offer Stop the Bleed locally here. Um, we have our YouTube offers a pretty cool start, start to finish on uh, teaching the course. And what these guys do a really good job of is uh, making all of the, the sims very, very lifelike, making it high fidelity, uh, mm -hmm. lots of fake, fake blood, like getting everybody engaged, making it realistic. If you sugarcoat it, you're not, or it's boring, or it's you know on the you know on paper or PowerPoint, you're not going to get the engagement. You're not going to get that buy-in, and these guys really get the buy-in because they make it high fidelity, they make it lifelike, um, and that's a, a big, big thing to keep people engaged. Yeah, I was re I was relating uh, today, and uh, I was talking to some of the higher ups in my organization, and. I was really relaying some of the stories of how Stop the Bleed came came about. And, mm -hmm. um, I was talking about one of our high fidelity sims that we did. It was some recruit training we did, and, and how we had all the lights off and emergency lights flashing, and we were spraying them with uh, like warm water. Sure. Because we didn't want to spray them with uh, like fake blood. You know, stained wearing, like, yes, yeah. their gear. Their gear gets stained, and, but <coughs> the fact it's dark and you're spraying it with warm water. Just and you're spending on their their dark pants. It, it doesn't matter that it doesn't, it's not red. Mm -hmm. It to them because we're also doing like simunition, so, so yeah. gunfires going off and mm -hmm. you know not explosions, but gunfires going off. People are screaming like we had role players screaming and stuff. Yeah. So the fact that we just had that it pushed them into that into that level. Of like this is like I'm I wish really got hit. Yeah, and I remember one of the one of the recruits was like, "I'm not okay right now." This is mm -hmm. I like, says one of his partners like, "Are you okay?" He's like, "I'm not okay. I'm far from okay." <laughs> and he was totally fine. Sure, <laughs> but just we pushed him in such a level, the realism, that, that pushed yeah. him to that level, and, and he he was he was in it. Sure, and he, and he fought through it, and he put his tourniquet on and, and dealt with it. Perfect. So yeah, it really I think that really helps with that level of training. Yeah. We're, mm -hmm. we're always about that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so training yeah, training that. fighting through that realism, um, like where you're actually stressed out. It's tough to simulate like real life stress mm. unless you're in real life stress. And I mean, it sounds like thing, things like that are as bloody close to real life yeah. as you're going to get without getting shot at. Yeah, well, people are like, oh, give them, like, we're just, we're putting them through some artificial stress. I'm like, oh, this is real stress. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just, yeah, for sure. There's just the consequences aren't as severe, but just, yeah. there's some real stress going on here. Sure. <laughs> so, and your body doesn't know that the consequences aren't that severe mm -hmm. most of the time. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, to find a course near you or to look into being an instructor, um, it stopthebleed.com. And they all, I think they also have stopthebleed.org. So .org, yeah. One or the other, yeah. Both, both of them will get you there. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Um, and we also have um, Dr. Nick at Artac. Yeah, Dr. Nick Artac um, through the ATAC group. He has an online program called Artac. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, it's really good. It's, uh, it's unique, I think, from other online courses. Just the fact that, like I said, Dr. Nick's kind of floating down on the bottom, his head's floating there on the screen like, like a ghost from this book. Like a ghost from, <laughs> a ghost from FR's past. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's good because you're you're hearing him talk, you're seeing him speak, and then you're seeing the the the, um, um, the material presented. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, check it out if you can. Um, just contact him. I think there's <clears throat> he's still doing free. I don't know. If, uh, he might he might actually be off in the full course now online. I know it was right. free for a while there just to, just to demo it. <clears throat> Um, I haven't talked to him in a while. I still have to talk to him because of my because <laughs> mine expired. And I right. Have to get it fixed. Um, but yeah, check him out. Uh, our tech. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Uh, and then we got uh, Tanner Olsen Band, uh, country music, West Coast Canada. Um, 
we were pumped to have them up here for our 100 year celebration um they're out there doing live live shows again which is great um got got some new some new music out there mm-hmm. put a little country on it yep um so yeah anywhere that you can download music you, you can find the tanner olsen band uh definitely appreciate you showing them some love and lastly you have us um we're here obviously in the podcast world but we're also on youtube we're going to be pushing more and more um videos and stuff over towards there uh we're on the tiktoks with stupid videos that we haven't uploaded in a while but chasing socks yeah chasing socks was, was that a tiktok or was that it was our uh, COVID quarantine stuff. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, it's on YouTube and on TikTok. Right. Um, so we're on that um, Facebook and Instagram. We've been much more um, involved. Uh, well, less involved. Somebody's doing it for us now. But uh, we're much more active in the so- social media game now. Um, you know, having a social media team um, that happens to live with us that, uh, that can <laughs> push this, this, this stuff. Oh yeah. yeah. It's, a, like we're so big it's a massive team. that's uh, pushing this out. Um, it's just nice to have the uh, support. Um, we're also so busy and also not good as the social media. So, um, yeah, we're definitely happy to get that out there for you. So give us a like, share, subscribe, uh, comment away. We'll do our best to get back to you. Um, some, sometimes the people that post photos might not have might not have the answers, but they'll make sure that we get on there and um, they'll uh, hold us to it. So again, we appreciate everything. Um, yeah, and uh, we have a couple more cool interviews coming up. So stay tuned for those uh, within the next week or so. Yep. Yeah. Anything else, Scott? Uh, no. Perfect. <laughs> well, on that, we'll say goodnight. Stay safe. Stay GTFF. Thanks.